Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This week on It's Too Wordy, The Revenge of Obnoxio. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comics from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How we doing this week, guys? Feeling very whimsical. Whimsical? I study. Word of the day. <laughs> Word of the day. Word of the day is whimsical. That's why I went with you. Yeah. It was that or grotesque. And I, yeah. Whimsical. It's, it's kind of grotesque outside, <laughs> so it's kind of nice being in here doing a podcast. All right, so on this week's episode, we are going to be talking about Crazy Number 1. And to continue Horror Month, Swamp Thing Number 9. All right, let's get to talking about Crazy. This book was crazy. It was nuts, but... I don't know. Was it, it a good felt, nuts? It felt forced. Some of it did. Uh, okay, there was one really funny part that I actually laughed out loud, and it's in the in the game section. It's in the middle. They have a board game, and you know, it's it's the standard, you know, going around the Marvel universe kind of thing. The but, Marvel Land game. Yep. But join the brute force, disappear forever. I laughed so hard because that was a series from the nineties <laughs> that the was, like, was yes. <laughs> And a kangaroo or whatever. I, I bought it. And I thought, oh, man, this is going to be like the next big thing. I was 13, 15. Yeah, it was the stupidest book. And it's not like you can find an issue anywhere because it is horrible. I've only seen issue one a couple of times. But, yeah, it's not good. No, it's not. I like the part where they gave Wolverine all the awards. I'm like, yep. yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's in everything. He is in everything. And he gets the most pub. I like the Dazzler comment. That first comic was actually really pretty good. The whole... Uh, she's singing in, uh, that she wasn't the... She wasn't Firestar? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was <laughs> funny. Was. I like that one. I like the astonishing Aunt May shrinking down to nothingness. Yeah. In hopes somebody picks that idea up and runs with it. Some of the rejected titles were fun. Like the Tub Mariner? <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Hitcher? You say hiking? <laughs> the Age of Jarvis? What now? <laughs> I like the ba- Death of Basic Cable. <laughs> Strife is like I'm the better clone. <laughs> yep. And uh, when they're in basic, like watching Basic Cable, and Wolverine walks in, and he's like, "What are you watching?" And then he's like, "Ooh, Jean Grey's on," and she's talking about ditching Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that was House of X's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> House of X's. Thought they did a little too much with Man Thing. They did a lot with Man Thing. It's like yeah. <laughs> but the interviews with uh, Ralph Macchio was pretty funny. Yeah. Because, like he's like a huge <laughs> legend, and then there's all these like kids that run Marvel now who have no idea who he is. <laughs> Cry <a> kid, right? <laughs> That's who I thought. Just kidding. Just kidding. I did have to do a double take at that. I was looking at that for a minute. I'm like, I don't see him in this picture at all. What? Oh, yeah. Okay. And they, there's literally a letters page. Yep. There is a letters <laughs> just page. Letters. <laughs> just letters. 
it it was really dumb, but it was a fun dumb. They they were willing to make fun of themselves for it. Yeah, Obnoxio looked a little uh, scarier than he did back in the day. Yeah, he's he's a little little scary. He's a little creepier now. Yeah, he's a little creepy. Yeah, thanks to it. But it's good to have him back. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if anybody out there who knows who Obnoxio is, but go back and listen to episode five or something like that. <laughs> was it worth five bucks? No, not for no. me. No, no. I didn't even know it was five bucks until I was like coming out, like what? I was reading it and I closed the cover. I'm like. I paid five bucks for this. And it's crazy. So <laughs> crazy. <laughs> when I went to go to the store and pick it up, I was expecting there to be like three issues. Right. In the place I bought it from, there was like 30 issues up there. I was like, why did you order so many? You ordered like four Batman, but you ordered like 30 crazies. Yeah. You should have spent the money and bought the back issues from the old magazine and sold those. <laughs> Give it a three. I go two and a half. I mean, because I found enough enjoyment out of it. Otherwise, it was complete waste. Yeah, it just felt it just felt forced to me, like they were trying to be funny, and it just wasn't hitting. Yeah, I give it about a three. It, it would, if it was in the same size as Mad Magazine, like it used to be, that would be a lot better. It'd be nine dollars if it was right. <laughs> yeah, because Mad Magazine is like seven bucks. But okay, so I have an idea. Since Mad Magazine stopped publishing, hire everybody that runs Mad Magazine and have them come do crazy. Leave. Warner Brothers in DC and come to Marvel and do crazy. Yeah. Just because some parts of Mad Magazine were actually funny. Some of it was really stupid, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always been like that. Yeah, that's yep. how it was. But yeah, you can't get any worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> the bar has set, been set very, very low, guys, at Mad Magazine. <laughs> so up next, we're going to do Swamp Thing number nine. I enjoyed the classic Swamp Thing. What'd you guys think? I enjoyed it. I've read recent Swamp Thing. I've never read any old Swamp Thing. And I really like this. I'm like, eh, I might have to check out some more Swamp Thing. Yeah, well, here you go. <laughs> Written by Len Wein and uh, art by Bernie Wrightson. And Bernie gets it so perfect. Like, his artwork is... I don't think you could get anybody better for that book than Bernie. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But this is the time where Alec Holland still thinks that he can return back into Alec Holland. And when Alan Moore takes over, he explores that he's not Alec Holland. He is a plant with Alec Holland's memories. So he can never return back. Okay. Kind of like Blade Runner. Kind of. Is he a replicant? Or is he not? This issue is about Swamp Thing hitching a ride on a train. Mm -hmm. And uh, two guys try to mug him. And he pushes him right out of the train yep, door. Right out of the train. And he starts going back to where he became Swamp Thing to work on some equipment and see if he can revert back to Alec. And there was an alien. There's an alien. In and the barn. A very compassionate and, what do you think, empathetic? No. Very empathetic. Empathetic. Yeah. Empathetic set. He, he touches, he kills them or he harms them. And he immediately, like, these humans break really easily. Yeah. I was like. Oh my god, this is awesome! An alien that has, like, empathy and feelings for hurting somebody else. It's not just... Mars eviscer- attacks. Mars attacks and they eviscerate you yeah. right there, right? Well, so. that's that's when he knocks Swamp Thing out. And he takes him back to the swamp. Mm-hmm. Because he he's like, he must know something that inside Swamp Thing needs to be with the swamp in yep. order to heal back up. And it's the humans that are the evil little bastards in this. Yep. Yep. Because there's a... 
a branch of the U.S. government that figures out that, well, we've tracked a UFO that's landing in Louisiana. We better go down there and investigate. And they try to capture him, and I don't I don't remember. Do they try to do experiments on him? Or no, they, they haven't even gotten to that point. They, they captured, captured him. They captured him. And, and the general or whatever took the radio. The, the radio tube? The radio the, tube, so they couldn't contact help so because they were planning on taking him out. I I enjoyed it a lot. I dug it. I think it it's not something that you'd start off with, I don't think. I think you'd have to read some other Lin Wein and kind of get a feel mm-hmm. for the what he writes and then go into this because it's not a character you can really jump into and go, "All right." So I picked issue 9. I can't even talk today because that was my first Swamp Thing book. Okay. And trying to jump into that was like this isn't the movie. I have no idea what's going on. Nope. What is this? Aliens? Who is this blonde girl and her husband? I had no idea. Yeah. And so I wanted you guys to, if you guys haven't read Swamp Thing, kind of get that same experience. Like, well, I know who he is. I know what he does. Right. But. I I dug it. I thought it was awesome. I did Scott Snyder's run. He did a really good job with it. But, and I thought that was like the great Swamp Thing. And then reading this, I'm like. Yeah, no. <laughs> Snyder did a good job, but this was good. This is this hit home. The next issue was really good. Yeah, but, um, there's some weird ones where he goes to Gotham and he meets Batman, and I saw. That. Of course, they do. I was flipping through, and there's Batman in him. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> there's no reason he needs to be in Gotham. No, there's no reason Batman needs to be in a swamp. No. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Rant. I think this is just one character that doesn't get the love that he deserves because they always put like people who don't get the character to write him. What what was it we read? Was it Justice League Dark? Mm -hmm. I think that was the first time I'd really read anything with him in it. And I was like, this isn't a good interpretation. I need to find some good stuff. Yeah, it wasn't very. No, it wasn't very Swamp Thingy. But the this Swamp Thingy. The thing I liked about that story was it was really in-depth and detailed and it gave you a new character. For the new Floronic Man. and Yeah, that, yeah. that was a good yeah. part of it. It was just... But shows like he's like, no, you, you, <laughs> you're you a plant, you stupid idiot. You're a plant like me. Yeah. <laughs> but at least they haven't got into like the... the con- like It's not the Congress of Trees, but it's... The um, Parliament. Parliament of... Yeah, Parliament of Trees. They haven't gotten into that yet. He's not the, the god of the swamp yet. Was it get, I mean... I liked this because it was, felt like it was a very much standalone issue. Mm-hmm. It did it, feel like a standalone issue. It showed the standard, okay, there's something here, I'm going to fight it. Oh, wait, we're on the same side. Thing. Which gets old after a while, but, you know, and then having an empathetic alien that was like, yeah, I was going to actually help you guys out a lot mm-hmm. if you helped me. But, no, nah, you just pissed me off. See yeah, him out of here. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's rare for a Swamp Thing to come up to a, a character that's roughly his size, but two or three hundred pounds heavier than him. Yeah. And he, he's just like, what is this thing? <laughs> and they both stare at each other like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what yeah. are you going to do? So, it's a standoff. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't keep saying it's one of my favorites because <laughs> I keep saying that about everything. Well, but, I understand yeah. why on this. Yeah, I get it. It was it kept me uh, entertained. I get it. I really wish that I have an, another issue. I think it's number seven where Bernie Wrightson was at Chicago and I couldn't go. So I gave my buddy a copy of it and to go sign it. And he got to talk to Bernie about Swamp Thing. Oh, wow. Didn't get to. 
It's like, he's never going to be around again. He's never going, I've never seen him again. Yeah, give it, I liked it that much. I'm going to give it a five. I go four. Yeah? Yeah. I Again, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it for a character I don't know a ton about, I I did enjoy it. Just, you know, it is an older book. Kind of had, you know, so I took off, deducted a point just because it's like, Radio ball, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you still use vacuum tubes? What the I liked, hell? I like the empathetic alien. That's why. Yeah. I loved it. I got to see an alien in a different light. Sure. You know, so how about you, Nick? Uh, probably about four and a half. It's, it's, it's got a classic cover. Mm-hmm. Like, totally yeah. classic cover. I don't know. Uh, I think they could have done more with Abby in there. I mean, she shows up for like one page. I think that's what helped me like it a little bit yeah. more because it's more focused on, on him. On him. And every other Swamp Thing book outside of that Snyder run that I've ever touched is here's Swamp Thing talking about this as it's about the Floronic Man or this, what's his name? Um, Anton uh, Arcane. Arcane, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, great. I, I, where's Swamp Thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the He's title a backup in his own book. It's a Swamp Thing book. Okay. I had this toy when, when I was like six. It, it was like a short-lived toy. I can't remember what it's called, but it, it, you could smash them and you could stretch them and you could apparently pull their arms off and they would like, reattach. And I had a swamp thing of it. It came out of an egg. They lied. They, they lied? They lied. I had oh. it for one day. And oh, I, this, ripped this happens. This happens to everybody. Like, I've seen reviews on it. I've yeah. seen toy things on YouTube and they always talk about Everybody in the comments is like, I had Swamp Thing and I just ripped his arms off that first day and it never reattached because it said it was out of some kind of space age, like, foam that would reattach itself. He didn't read the fine print where it said, do not need re- glue. Yeah, <laughs> need glue to reattach his arms. I was like, well, that's stupid. But hopefully that wasn't too expensive. I don't know. It was it's just some stupid toy from the 80s. Yeah. Somebody on the line will tell me what it is. But no, I think it's weird because Swamp Thing's a character that has been around for our entire life. Like he's been in movies and TV shows and cartoons. My first, my first introduction was the, the second Swamp Thing movie. With Heather, Heather Locklear. Yep. That's what I remember. <laughs> I don't remember the first one, but I remember the second one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to forget the second one. I didn't say it was good. I'm just saying that's when I first got introduced to the character. I, I kind of wish that DC would bring out a dark justice league movie and have Swamp Thing in it. Kind of like bring him back in that tv show it got canceled on the first episode first episode it's like you tried but not very hard bring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so what's the next all right so uh what's the uh, d-list character this week ryan cable matt cable i was you like got all excited for a second I was like no i was like <laughs> cables in this yeah damn it he's even he's in every book so, Matt Cable's first appearance is Swamp Thing number one. Lynn Ween and Bernie Wrightson is the creators. So, he was a government agent assigned to protect Alec and Linda Holland. He was believed that Swamp Thing was responsible for the Holland's death and set out to avenge his friends. Swamp Thing did reveal to Cable that he was Alec, this is before Alan Moore, causing Cable to let him go. He mar- Matt Cable, that is, married Abigail Arcane. Eventually, Cable's mind was damaged, resulting in his ability to alter reality. He could only access the power while stressed or intoxicated. And after a fight with Abigail, left, he went to get her, but was drunk and crashed his car, mortally injuring himself. At this point, Anton Arcane, who was dead, possessed a fly 
and told Cable he could help revive him. So Cable allows the fly to be swallowed by him, I guess. And now Anton possessed Cable. Matt Cable did manage to fight off Arcane, but not before he killed Abigail. Matt had enough power to save one life. It would be his or Abigail's, and he saved Abigail's. When he died, he was in the Dreaming, and he was revived by Morpheus as a raven. To never be heard from, nevermore. <laughs> and then he just makes some appearances as a raven in the Dreaming. Okay. Alright, everybody. It's time for everybody's favorite segment, The Random Reads! Alright, how many you got this week? Five. You got no, five? I, I got two, but one is four issues long. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, how many you got? <laughs> two? Alright. I have three, so I'll go first. <laughs> so, I picked up x-men number one no not you yeah i wish i could I, i'm not sure how i feel about it one i think pepe Larraz should be the artist for this book and he's not because he was awesome in house of x who did it who did that book it was uh you uh something you i didn't do it <laughs> i was gonna say i wonder you didn't have a lot of time this week <laughs> lanel francis you never heard of him before i think he's one of the new artists or something so it's a very cyclops centric centric first issue it talks about when professor xavier brought him in and gave him the ruby quartz glasses and how he could open his eyes again and because he was walking around blind because he didn't want to kill anybody so starts out there in uh orcus and they're trying to take out the rest of the orcus agency they end up wiping out all these soldiers and is that a karma deduction yeah, that would be a karma deduction. Yeah. And it wasn't Cyclops that wiped them out. It was Magneto and Polaris. Yeah, never mind then. Basically, they take out the rest of the or There's like a thousand Orcus guards standing there, and Magneto just wipes them all out. And then it looks like they're man-apes attacking them. Yeah. And uh, Magneto says, go, I'll take care of them. And they go in, and they find somebody who's become... Had to do with the whole Powers of X, where they become robotic ascend anyway they find this person who's on their way to being android robot may person thing we'll just call it that because magneto shows up and cyclops is like that didn't take you very long and he's like yeah it was easy <laughs> and then they it's this issue is all over the place man so they go back to they rescue these kids they go back to krakoa Magneto is now like the father figure to all these kids on Krakoa, just like Wolverine and Exodus. They have all three been shown as like the hero of the children, right? And Cyclops goes home. And this is where it gets really weird for me, right? So they go, he goes home and it's called the Summer Home. And it's on the blue side of the moon, right? Because that's where Gene died and I guess he decided to... Well, she didn't really die. She got taken over by the clone or whatever the nine million times she's died so you're thinking okay there's gonna be like rachel and like corsairs there and i say rachel yes gene nate cable young cable not old man cable because he says mom can i trade my gun and i'm like oh god this is so stupid and, and vulcan right vulcan and 
Vulcan and Wolverine have kind of a funny interaction because he's Vulcan's grilling and he says Wolverine says he likes his steak rare and he's like I don't want to fight warrior I shall make your steak medium rare and Wolverine goes after him right I'm like okay um and the weird thing about this is is if you look at the map of the summer house Wolverine Jean Grey and Cyclops's room are all on the same side and they're attached. So I took it as Cyclops and Wolverine were going to have a devil's three-way with Jean Grey. And I'm like, I don't get where this is going. Okay? I think you do. No, I'm like, <laughs> I loved Powers of Ten and House of X. And it's like they just, you know, like I told you yesterday, they just blew their load in those 12 issues. And now we're getting this. So, I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to give it another ep- issue, right? But I wasn't very fond of this. So, I'm going to have to give it, like, a three? Two and a half, three? Uh, three-way? <laughs> <laughs> I I just, I'm, I'm like, what, where is this going? I know where I think it's going. I'm just like, why is it going like this? They haven't liked each other very much, and now they're going to become... Eskimo Brothers? Maybe it's not like that at all. Maybe it isn't, because everything I've read is they're saying, oh, Hickman doesn't write like that. You just have to read more. Right? I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm just saying, as an X-Men fan, I've been waiting for this all summer. But I'm bummed. And I wasn't... I'm still confused, and I've read it twice, and I'm like, hopefully this makes sense soon. And this is Hickman? This is Hickman. I remember a while back, you're like, I want Hickman to do all my X-Men. Now it sounds like you're kind of like, eh, after reading <laughs> After reading this first issue, I'm like, I'm just not sure. I, I do want him to do it, and I was excited for him to be doing, and it's just not. Um, I'm, I, like I said, I got to read issue two, and maybe they'll give me more, more of the story than what we're getting. Because right now, I'm not wanting to read X-Men ever again. I'm going to run far away from this title. So, that's you're still fun. giving it a three. <laughs> it's because... It's mainly because of the writer. I know he likes to, to give you just little tidbits of his story. So, that's why I'm still giving it a three. Because I don't want to completely not like it. Alright, so Nick picked out for me... Just had me pick one of the Twilight Zone comic books. And it was really campy. And the stories were kind of fun. The first one was my favorite. The uh, rich guy, he married one woman, killed her so he could collect the insurance company, or company, money. He married a second woman and killed her so she he could get the insurance money from that. And he's like, oh, look at me. I was a bank teller two years ago, and now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> and so he finds another woman, and he marries her, and he kills her, and gets his... and. All of a sudden, strange things start happening. Like, he starts receiving cash in the mail. He goes and uses a payphone and quarters or dimes or however much it cost. And I think it was a dime in the 70s. The dimes would just start shooting out of the coin box part of the phone. So, yeah, that one was my favorite. Then there's a story about a guy who's trying to get away from a bounty hunter. But come to find out, the bounty hunter was shot by him a week ago and he's just hallucinating about it and then the last story was about 
uh, an alien landing, and the aliens are like the size of ants. And so it talks about how they were trying to invade, and then they realized that the <laughs> everything was a thousand times bigger than they were. Okay, um, I've got to ask, did you have Ant-Man's voice from the Fantastic Four radio program running in your head uh, when you heard the Martians talk? No, I didn't, which is depressing because it would have been hilarious. But my favorite part was I watched The Twilight Zone, as I bet you did, and you probably did too. And it had the guy always at the beginning. and that, Ron Sterling. Ron Sterling, yeah. And he would ha- be at the beginning and he'd explain the story. And then at the end, he's like, and this is what happens when you're in the Twilight Zone. Right? It was awesome. I want to read more of them. I enjoyed them that much. So I think it's Rod, not Ron. Sorry. Yeah, it's Rod it's Sterling. Rod. The cover is really awesome. It's just really campy fun. And uh, I'd give it a four, four and a half. Wow. What? I enjoyed it that much. I I just couldn't stop reading them. So, yeah, I found a whole bunch of them in the dollar box. So, if you want to borrow more, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking just... I might have to borrow a couple more. And then I kind of piggybacked on Nick Nick's idea of going to a store and just picking up something random and reading it. So I picked up Seven Days by uh, Gail Simone and Jose Luis. And what company is that? Uh, Lion Force. So. The cover looked awesome, so I was like, yeah, that'll work. And then I read the story, and it's awesome. It's talking about, I guess, in this timeline, two years prior, um, meteors had hit Earth and was just, like, almost wiped out the, uh, would have wiped out the uh, population. But they sent these astronauts up into space, and they came back with, superpowers and all of a sudden two years later these i'll call them black silver surfer looking guys because that's the only thing that how i could describe it is they kind of look like silver surfer show up and they're trying to figure out how to pierce the the armor and that nothing's working they've they've tried everything and they just can't get through and of course there's like a tna segment with a, a youtuber here Who's trying to be a journalist, but she realized if she goes cleavage, she gets more hits on her blog. So, and then they show an arms runner get pulled over by a state patrolman, and you get to meet the superhero Acell, A C C E L L. So he's kind of like the Flash, just not as cool yet, I guess, because I've never. This is the first issue, <laughs> and. Then there's a guy, his name's David Powell, and his nickname is Noble, and him and his wife are flying, and they're talking about how it's nice to finally be back together after what happened in space, and his teammate, Valentina Resnick Baker, who is called The Summit, shows up because there's some kind of uh, disturbance going on, and the, oh, it's the Black Silver Surfers again, that's why everybody's there. And they try to go up and meet him, and Acel touches him, and the guy didn't do anything, and he his hand busts open and starts bleeding. So they're like, oh, this isn't normal, right? So all of a sudden, they start attacking, and the, the team of heroes start uh, defending the people and getting them to safety, and Noble goes after one of them, and then you see what they are, because there's like... The thing's like a body and it's got like jagged teeth and looks, you know, looks pretty menacing. Yeah. So it's finally showing its true colors. 
and it kills Noble. And the person who's in control of these aliens says, uh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to obliterate you all, but I'm not without mercy. And it says, uh, at the end, he says, you have seven days and that's where it ends. I did not know what to expect from this when I picked it up. Gail Simone's awesome. Yep. The art is fantastic. I'm going to start reading this one. That's how much I enjoyed it. I want to see where the story goes. Good. So, yeah. So that's what I got. Cool. All right. First, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do last week, like Kirk did. Um, Just go find a random issue off the wall. And I'm in, like, this weird bad girl kind of like phase, like Vampirella. Red Sonia. Are you are you uh you crushing on the bad bad I, girls? Well, Ryan did a Lady Death, so I couldn't do a Lady Death. So I wanted something like that. <laughs> and so I picked up Chastity from Dynamite. It's the twenty fifth anniversary of Chaos Comics. And so I was like, Alright, I'll read this. It's by Leah Williams and Daniel Main, and it's pretty good. Yeah? Like it's pretty good. Awesome. Like I, this is number two. I didn't read number one. So it starts off. They're hanging from chains. Um, they get abducted and they're being like going to be auctioned off for human trafficking. And it's like, if you would have picked the worst girl to pick for human trafficking would be a half vampire crazy bitch. Right. True story. She's hanging next to a girl and she's like, go back to sleep. Pretend you're asleep because they won't touch you if you're asleep anymore. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean touching me anymore? They're like, they like it when you scream. So just go to sleep. She's like, fuck that. And she just rips her chains off. And she's like, guy comes next to her. She just bites his neck out. And then they go around. And it's it's really disturbing. Like, they go around and they, like, are going to kill every one of the guards and all the people that are on the boat. And they come across a whole bunch more doors with a whole bunch more women in it. But they're not just women. They're young women. Like, little girls and older women. There's a There's a little girl. And she's like, um, they're going to auction off my V card next, like tonight. And she's like, no, they're not. Wow. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, there's some awesome artwork. There's some panels in it that are just panoramas. So they start from one side of the book and go to the other side. And it's just chastity kicking ass through each panel. Nice. Like just bam, 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 bam. And then it would go to another one and then bam, 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 bam. And like, she's just <laughs> like, you just watch her like kicking everybody's ass. I liked it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to buy him anymore, but it was pretty good. Uh, about a f- three and a half, maybe four. Okay. The artwork is really good. The story's disturbing as all hell. Yeah. But Especially if you have a little girl. Yeah. So I liked it. So three and a half. Nice. And then Ryan gave me a random book and I was like, Ryan, if this sucks, I'm giving you a Legion of Superheroes because he hates them the most. No. Power pack. <laughs> it's a toss up. Okay. This... This book is by John Wagner and Alan Grant and Robin Smith, and it's called The Bogeyman. And it's got a guy that looks like Humphrey Bogart on the cover. It's very noirish. And it says, coming or showing at Christmas, the BBC film adaptation of The Bogeyman starring Robbie Coltrane. You can find this on YouTube. You can watch the movie. Yeah. Right. So this book is insane. It's a noir novel set in Glasgow, and it's hard to read because everybody is speaking in a Scottish accent, an English accent. And then an American accent. And then you got to find and, out the slang. Yeah. There's a there's a handy-dandy glossary in the back 
of all the slang that's used in here. Nice. And it tells you what it is. If that should be in the front. That should be in the front. Because they're using rhyming slang in it. So you're like, what the hell does that mean? Oh, okay. You're saying he's crazy, but it's something completely <laughs> off. So this starts off in a mental institution on New Year's and somebody escapes. And then it cuts to the guy that's Humphrey Bogart. And he looks exactly like him. Does he? And he's waiting for the fat man. Right? Fat man? So you're like, fat man? Is he? And then he says Gutman. And you're like, oh, the Maltese Falcon. This guy believes that he's in the Maltese Falcon. So every time, like, there's criminals that come along, they steal, like, a load full of turkeys. This is after Christmas, so they can't get rid of these turkeys. So they they, they were supposed to, like, take a truck full of VCRs. But instead, they take a truck full of turkeys because they're stupid. And their boss is like, get rid of these, right? And it he It's just, mm, it's really hard to describe. It's four issues long, and it's really thick. There's a lot in this book. It's really, it's really good. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) And it's text you cannot read, (laughs) but it is so good. Like he starts, they're like, no, he's not just doing the Maltese Falcon. He's doing every Bogart movie. So every time he'd run into something, his reality will change. Like he'll, he'll go into another like thing. So it is crazy. He believes that inside these frozen turkeys is the Maltese Falcon, and they're all worth millions of dollars, and he's got to get rid of them. <laughs> but it, I would definitely get this, find it. And Ryan, if you did not notice this, right here is an autograph. Right here. But it's it says, for Jason, Lang Mayor Lum Reek, Alan Grant. What the fuck what does Alan that Grant? mean? I have no idea. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. We gotta ask Jason. Jason, so if Look you're at, listening, right? What? Anybody it, in in Europe, anybody in England or Scotland that listening to this, we know there's some of you guys. What the hell does Lang Mayor Lumreek mean? Because I want to know. It's not in the back in the glossary. No. Oh, okay. And I'm not googling it because I don't want to have <laughs> whatever pictures that is. <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's only four issues. Uh, Ryan says he bought it for a buck. Yeah. Nice. If you can go out and find this, I would recommend it. I mean, it's the artwork is incredible. The story is great. If you like Humphrey Bogart movies, like I do, yep. You like noir tales, yep. Fuck, this this book is for you. I mean, this book is crazy, and it's like watching uh, no Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Guy Ritchie. It's like watching a He's Guy watching Ritchie movie. Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Okay. Just Sweet. turned up a little bit. Just up a little. Okay. So it's like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Okay. Snatch with an insane dude. <laughs> it's probably snatch yeah. because you can't understand what the fuck he's saying. But so it's great. I recommend this book. If awesome. You can find it. I've never even seen it before. That's but awesome. You can find it. Buy it. All right, Brian. That's All right, mine. What do you got? Okay, so I picked up uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall. It's a different take on the whole Nightfall storyline when Batman was broken by Bane and Ezreal took over for Batman. That's where I thought the White Knight was. That's when I picked it up and I was reading it. And I'm like, what does this have to do with Azrael? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for actually telling me that that's not that book. Right. This is Elseworlds What If tale taking place in this other universe. So there's this one character that keeps showing, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to show up in all these books, I'm assuming. And he kind of has the role of the Watcher. And it. so they're going to be doing a whole bunch of books where 
uh, major events that happened in the DC universe, how it actually took place in the dark universe where the Joker who laughs is coming from. So in this, Batman comes back, but Azrael doesn't want to give up the mantle, so he takes out Batman. And it gets to the point where Batman's basically hooked up, it's just his head hooked up to a computer. Yeah. Little Armin Zola. Um, Futurama. And every year on the same night, Azrael went, goes and talks to Bruce Wayne and tries to get his approval on how he's running uh, Gotham. And Bruce will never give in on it. And uh, this kid shows up. You think it's Damian Wayne, but it's actually Bane's son. Who, Zane? I can't remember what his name is. Uh, but It's probably like Bill. <laughs> no. It's like, uh, what was it? Kazar's Turver? Turver, maybe? Uh, Mike. Mike. Matt. But, uh, because Bane did so much Venom, he was born where he has the power to kind of turn into bulking Bane without getting shot up with Venom. You learn that Asriel, in the meantime, is addicted to Venom, and so this kid ends up saving Bruce, and he has some kind of technology, he's like, here. And he turns him into a batman of sorts where there's a body but it's kind of like that electronic creepy flashing body type you know what i'm talking about at all kind of see it in sci-fi movies all the time where kind of like uh, in the ring where the girl's coming out and oh, she's, she's static flicker yeah kind of, ugh, creeps me out anyhow <clears throat> and shiva shows up so shiva and bane's kid go take out go to take out asriel and asriel's wife has had enough of him so she took away all his venom and said, yeah, I, I used to believe in what you did, and now you don't seem to care anymore. And so one of Azrael's goons kills her, and they start all fighting, and the static, flickering Batman is up there, and he has this power to shoot, like, bats at people. And so one guy loses his head completely, and Azrael's like, yeah, I may not be on Venom, but I can still I still have access to Venom. So he goes over and rips the kid's arm off and drinks his blood and bulks up and goes after him. And they end up beating him and all of them standing together and going, yeah, we got the, you know, Shiva and the kid and Batman all standing together. And, you know, yeah, we now we can bring the city back together and get them reconnected with the, the world again. And Batman's like, yeah, I don't think so. He kills Shiva, he kills the kid, and you can see the technology kind of went nuts in his head, and he's basically saying, this is my city, and we're never repairing it. This is the way I wanted it. So he did approve of what Azrael was doing. He just didn't want to give Azrael the approval. And it, it was weird. Sounds like it. Killing kids and... Yeah, it was something. Indian uh, gods and all kinds of stuff. I'd say it's probably a three-star Two and a half, three. I want to read all of them because they're doing one of Blackest Night. So obviously, uh, I'll keep hanging in there and seeing the storytelling. But this one was by Snyder and Higgins. It was an interesting take. Snyder seems to be really fascinated with the whole making Batman as crazy as possible in any book he's touching with Batman right now. I don't get it, but, you know, whatever. All right. The next one is The Ghost Rider. Number one, but the Western Ghost Rider. This was published back in 67. Nice. Yeah. I have never read a cowboy comic. 
No? No. Uh, main reason is my dad is like huge cowboy guy. You know, every vacation re- revolves around going someplace where there was a cowboy somewhere. You know, oh, this cowboy stayed at this location one time, you know, passing through or whatever. Yeah. Oh, and this is a sleeping bag he slept in and he's taking pictures next to it with selfie. You know, that, that he's... Okay. I love my dad, but this cowboy thing has just gone a little too far. Anyhow, so I've stayed away. So you I've, don't approve of his weird? His weird is his weird. Does he, he approve makes, of your weird? If he makes him happy, it's all good. <laughs> I, I've just, I was raised on cowboy movies constantly, everything. I had no desire to read a cowboy book. I like this. It was not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> so this is the original Ghost Rider. Starts off where he is... Uh, a school teacher riding along and he sees a house being attacked by a bunch of native Americans or so he thinks I figured that out like on the first page because all of them were speaking perfect English. Like, yeah, that's not them. So, (laughs) (laughs) and it turned out that it was a bunch of guys that were trying to prevent people from settling in the area and they were dressing up like Indians to stop that. And he gets shot and the family he was trying to save, the mom and dad died, but the son was in the cellar and came out of the cellar after everybody left and saw him. So he grabs him, puts him on a horse and is trying to take him to town. Well, he turns out to go in the wrong direction. The friendly Native Americans see him and they take him back to their tribe. They have the boy rest and the medicine man thinks that he lost this guy, but he ends up surviving. And he's like, I was told by the gods that you're going to, uh, you're supposed to be our great hero. Um, we were giving this dust, take this dust and do good with it. In the meantime, he does find a white horse that he's absolutely enthralled with. So the Native Americans try and catch it for him and they can't get it. So he walks over to the horse calmly and apparently the horse is like, Hey, cool. All right. (laughs) So he names the horse Banshee and he figures out this powder is able to like reflect light. So he covers himself in this powder and banshee in this powder and goes after the the people that were dressed up like the Indians and tries to get them to st- stop doing the, you know, raiding the settlers and scaring them off and everything. And he's able to make his head float and his body just appear and you know, they're shooting at him and bullets don't hit him. And he's just, everybody thinks he's a ghost and, uh, hence ghost rider. They end up killing the bad guy. Everybody's happy. The backup story is Kid Colt is a reprint. And somebody ends up dressing up like Kid Colt and robbing the place that Kid Colt's staying at. And so the sheriff goes up to arrest him. And Kid Colt's like, I don't know what's going on. And he breaks out and runs away. And he figures out what's going on. And obviously he saves the day. I could care less about that story. The Ghost Rider story, though was really cool. I'm like, this is neat. I liked what they did there. You got that supernatural world in the Western world. And it was a fun read. So thank Ooh. you, Nick. Yeah, you're welcome. Who wrote that? Oh, boy. That is written by Gary Frederick, who created Motorcycle Ghost Rider. Roy Thomas. Roy and Thomas is pretty badass. It was drawn by Dick Ayers. Uh, inked by Vince Coletti, or Coletta, and then lettered by J. Verputin. It's Verputin. Verputin. Okay. 
Awesome. I'm glad you like it because it's one of my favorites. That was I'm like, uh, and then but, they go and bastardize him in the Ghost Rider movie. Yeah, it was really good. And if I happen to ever run a cop, run across a copy of that, I'm probably going to pick it up because I enjoyed it that much. Awesome. All right, is that it, Ryan? Yeah. For this week's list, it really isn't comic book based. We decided to do our top ten suspense favorite suspense scary horror movie type thing who wants to go first oh i will okay all right number 10 psycho nine usual suspects eight it's more of a comedy film but i i love it too much and it's very much a suspense in certain scenes arsenic and old lace seven memento six vertigo five identity four rear window three seven to the game and one north by northwest wow it's a lot of hitchcock nice. guys i love hitchcock <laughs> you want to go nick or I go? sure i'll go okay. uh, my list is a little bit different i went more horror movie kind of thing um horror kind of scary movie and i went in order of how many i've how many times i've watched it so 10 is the least and one is the most um number 10 chopping mall it's so stupid, it's great. Uh, number nine, Friday the 13th. Number eight, The Thing. Number seven, The Fog. Number six, Phantasm. Number five, Pumpkinhead. Number four, Prom Night. This is where, okay, I can't remember how many times to watch Prom Night, but it's. It, I think it's more than Aliens. But Aliens is number two, three. Two is Halloween. And number one, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Nice. I've only seen one of those, and it was Chopping Mall. Yeah? Yeah, never seen any of the others. No. I... So I mixed in uh, thriller and kind of horror. So my number 10, minute, 10 is The Bone Collector. Well, that's a good one. Number 9 is The Shining. Number 8 is Friday the 13th Part 3. Because that's the only one I've seen. And it's really campy. Number 7, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Number six, Lost Boys. Number five, Scream. Number four, Seven. Number three, Evil Dead. Number two, Silence of the Lambs. And number one, Chopping Mall. Okay, I've seen seven of those, so. (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, it's, it had to be number one on mine because it's just so campy and stupid. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. So, anybody got anything else this week? Uh, not really. Um, Netflix is bringing out a Bone cartoon, which is yeah. going to be pretty cool. Are I they? can't wait for that. Other than that, I did. I I need to start writing this stuff down. Um, they premiered the Bloodshot movie trailer today. Oh, did with they? Vin Diesel? Is it pitch black? Only he's Bloodshot. Yes, and. <laughs> <sighs> So Sony is doing the exact same thing they did with everything else. Why 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 would Bloodshot wear the white costume? Why would he have a complete white skin? Why would he have a red dot on his chest? He doesn't have any of those things. He's just Vin Diesel with a red glow in his chest so you can see his ribcage. Thanks. Wow. So I anybody picked... who loves Valiant Comics, they fuck you. Where did where I I just picked up a Bloodshot uh trade 
yeah. an old one. I think I got it at half price books. Yeah. And I was going to read it. And I told it, it looks like they got the origin story cor- correct, but just, it's uh, just you don't the like fact that the way they made. Yeah. The, they didn't make him look like bloodshot. He's just a dude with a glowing chest. So, and then I also watched, which is funny. Um, I had a night by myself so I could watch whatever I wanted to. Hey! Hey! Congratulations! And guess what I watched? Stumptown. I did. I watched two episodes of Stumptown. I have not watched the new one. But I will say they were really good. The Switch ending at the end of this week. The Switch ending? Really good. You watched uh, Banana Splits. I watched Banana Splits, the movie. So dumb, but so weird. It's like Terminator meets Showbiz Pizza. (laughs) <laughs> if, <laughs> awesome their their show is getting cancelled after 40 years and robots go nuts start killing and they kids. start killing people yeah audience members it's a fun movie uh, what, what would I give it I don't know like two but it's just watching the old banana splits murder people it's <laughs> so weird like they're running down people in the banana splits car they're like <laughs> what channel was this on sci-fi that's right yeah oh man I missed it it's on on demand for free right now okay so be like Teresa. Guess how what? To, We're watching Banana how Splits. To, how to convince your sister to watch Banana Splits? <laughs> but no, it it's gory. It's gross. Yeah, she won't watch it yeah. then. <laughs> I'll have to watch it by myself. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. That's all, all right. I got. That's all you got, Ryan. You got anything this week? Stump town. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's... I wasn't going to do it this week. I really wasn't. Oh, and uh, I watched a lot of. I watched the first half of Bat- Batwoman the movie, the show. Pretty good so far. Yeah, I stopped watching it and I got got out of on demand, and then I had to watch it all over again. And I was like, nope, I don't care. <laughs> but it's good. It's it's Batwoman. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a okay. Batman show. Yeah, finally, finally, like a real Batman, not Gotham. Yeah, I was excited for Gotham until I realized what they were doing with it. Yeah, she's a badass in that. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, what did I see? What did I? Oh, you guys are gonna be so sad. Rob Liefeld has left Marvel, and his lawyers are involved. Sixth or seventh time. I knew you guys would be shocked and devastated. Who's he taking with him? I don't know. <laughs> because if his lawyers are involved, he's taking a character back. He Major X. Apparently, he's pissed because when they did the relaunch of the X-Men, they shut down Major X. I thought it was only like a six-issue miniseries. Apparently not to him. So... Yeah, he was bagging on it, and I'm like, bagging on X-Men releasing so many titles, and he's like, dude, you, everybody's like, dude, you were around when they released, like, X-Men and X-Force, and, you know. So, I I, I thought you guys would be upset and uh, devastated by the news, as I was. Um, So, that's all I had for this week. Uh, Yeah, have fun, read more comics. It's been Kirk, Ryan, and Nick. See See you guys.